Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Stocks are trading higher after this morning's jobs report. We have got 13 minutes to go ahead of the close. S&P 500 index may be on track for a record. Right now, up 29 points, 2127, a gain of 1.4%. NASDAQ higher by 74 points, a gain of 1.5%. Dow Industrials up 235 points, a gain of 1.3%. The tenure up 5.30 seconds at yield 1.36%. Gold up 390 the ounce to 13.66. Uh, that is a gain of three-tenths of 1%. Crude oil, West Texas Intermediate, 45.20 a barrel, a gain there of 0.1%. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. How do you provide for the retirement of thousands of people who are public employees, particularly in the Arkansas Public Employees Retirement System? Well, first you ask Carlos Borromeo. He is the chief investment officer based in Little Rock, Arkansas, how to do it. Carlos, thank you very much for being with us. Well, thank you for having me. So in the Arkansas Public Employees Retirement System, you have a responsibility to all of those retirees to meet those retirement benefits. How are you doing that when you look at a 30-year U.S. Treasury bond that trades at 2.1%? It's definitely been a challenging situation, and and having it seems like it wants to continue even lower, it's going to pose an even greater challenge on on all retirement systems. You know, I think the the people who keep the level head and don't start reaching for yield and unnecessary risks, um, you've got to keep your cool in this environment. Well, Carlos, does it help? Uh, We've known each other for a long time over the years, my different news organizations and your different roles. And you've been a a raging bond bull for some time. You've been predicting an ever lower level of of long-term yields. You've said that the United States was going to look more and more like Japan. I don't think we necessarily are there. You and I could debate that. But um, what is it that has driven this position? And has it helped you then in your role not be blindsided by this, but somehow at least be able to avoid any negative fallout or take advantage of it in terms of the funds? As far as avoiding it, it, it certainly helped. Uh, I think I have one of the lowest allocations in the state to fixed income. Um, my target's 18%, and I'm still sitting below that. So in that regard, it's definitely helped. Um, but it still worries me because I'm certainly over-allocated to equities. Um, so you're just trading – one risk for another, and that's that's the the tricky part of sitting in the seat. Um, yeah, I mean, you and I have gone back and forth over the years that we're looking more and more like Japan. And I would argue if you you pull up the JGB chart when JGBs were eight percent and run it from 1990 to um, 2009, so approximately 20 years, it took the JGBs about 20 years to go from eight eight percent. So about where we are now, one one and three eighths on the ten year note. 
it's taken us from 1994 to 2016, so 22 years. So we're mirroring their yield curve, whether we like it or not. Carlos, the fund itself, uh, the assets under management, what are we talking about? Maybe $7.5 billion? $7.5 billion. Okay. And uh, it's the funded status of the of the system? I like around 80%, to... something like that? 79 to 81. Yeah, okay. Now, the reason I bring up these numbers is because, you know, when you manage a, a system over a long period of time, and I think it was in your annual report, you say that, you know, the return for, let's say, 2009 was negative 20% to a high of plus 26% in 2011. Correct. How do, you, how do you manage that kind of volatility? It's not easy, <laughs> right? Um, if we all had a crystal ball, when we look at the allocation, look into the future, um, you look back and would we have allocated differently? Um, I'll would, argue, would you have allocated differently, do you think? I mean, just not knowing that, you know what would happen, but would you have made different decisions? I don't think we would have because that becomes a board of trustees decision. And if 2008, 2009 didn't change how retirement systems allocate, I think people are going to uh, look at it steady as she goes, be content with their allocation, and realize that we're in this for a long run. Carlos, where, where, how much closer are we to the bottom? I mean, look, we had the, we had the ten-year note down to about uh, what was it, one point three six. The thirty-year bond was down to what, around two point two four, maybe even lower mm-hmm. in terms of yield, higher in terms of price. I mean, the lower you go, the more you have to be closer to the bottom. Have we had the bottom in bond yields for all the high in price? Uh, and are we going to see some selling, or are people going to say, well, I could sell and get some capital appreciation, but I want to hold on to some of this fixed income I bought at a higher yield? I don't think we personally belong here, but I think that people want to be in dollar-denominated assets, which means they're going to come in and, and buy tenure notes and probably push it down to one. Down to one. Now, you have, what, about 45,000 uh, active members. Yes. Uh, average age is about 45 years. Uh, you have to project out, well, uh, I would imagine, on a, on a continuous basis to uh, provide, what, the monthly benefit, which is about $1,000. Yes. Have you gotten any pushback from any of the retirees saying, look, I, I'm scared, I'm worried, I don't know what to do? We haven't had any of the pushback yet, but sitting in this role, I'm certainly worried. Worried that, about how you're going to meet the the bogey, how you're going to have get the, the earn enough money to pay help these people receive their pensions. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. And, you know, we're hitting the baby boomer, and they're starting to hit the retirement period right now. And the demand on benefit payments is only going to increase. So where do you see the Fed going? Is the Fed uh, going to say, stay where they are? Are they going to say uh, these, these, these yields falling around the world is potentially a negative sign? Are they going to say, hey, look, the labor market's not doing so bad. You know, jobs are growing about 150, 170,000 on average for the last several months or year. Uh, getting, t- you know, kind of rev up for the rate increase. And if they do, is that, is that bad? because maybe it hurts the equity market? Is it good because finally there's a little more yield out there for people to earn? Well, you're seeing the front end come come up in yield, so you're seeing the flattening being led by the front end, which which is probably going to be helpful. Um, I personally think the Fed's on hold. I, I, you and I have had conversations back and forth. You know, I lost a bet to you last year. I said the Fed's not raising rates at all in 2015, and they saved you in December. 
And then at the beginning of this year, I said the Fed's not raising rates this year. And so far, I don't think they're going to. Why? So uh, I just think the data that's coming out, it seems like the data they're looking for is just not there. Right? It seems like they wanted three things. They wanted growth, they wanted employment, and they wanted inflation. And I just don't know if they're going to get all three in one year. What would it take to get all three in one year? I think it's beyond central banks. I think it's going to become um, acts of Congress, if you will. What, to provide more fiscal stimulus to the economy or more spending? I just don't think fiscal stimulus is going to do it by itself. What, okay, so it's not the Fed. Fiscal stimulus alone isn't enough. So what's it going to take? I don't have the answer. Hmm. I wish I did. Negative interest rates. Is there any chance the Fed is going to take Nayarana Kochilakota's device, former head of the uh, Minneapolis Fed, take his advice and uh, consider tools like that? Is it going to get to that, do you think? And if so, then what does it do for a guy like you trying to manage uh, public funds? You know, I don't think any central banker a few years ago would have said, yeah, uh, negative interest rates are certainly on the table. And our own Federal Reserve is saying the same thing, but yet we can look at some of the countries right now And they have negative interest rates, not because they want it, because that's where the market has taken it. And we may end up in the same boat. As far as asset allocation goes, Carlos, uh, can you give us an idea of what you may have changed? I know, for example, that uh, you've got U.S. domestic equity securities. Uh, You increased your allocation, I guess, last year, about 2.5%. What what are you changing in your asset allocation model, if anything? So far, we haven't, but with with the recent – Lower interest rates that we're experiencing, I think we're going to have to have a discussion about it. You're, what kind of discussion? I mean, to to uh, allocate more money to equities, uh, perhaps to dividend-paying equities or alternative investments? I think we'll definitely – I'm willing to look at alternatives. Um, I think real assets, which I include real estate, um, I think there will be opportunities in Europe, given the Brexit situation, for real estate. Um, so we're certainly going to have to look at everything again. Are you at all concerned about recession? It seems these you could look at these latest job numbers, Carlos, and say, no, we're, we're going to we, things may not be roaring here, but we're certainly not anywhere near recession. And yet, uh, you know, uh, Pims and I were talking earlier about the yield curve and what its signal could be. The fact that, you know, once jobless claims and unemployment bottom, the only way to go is usually back up. What do you see as somebody from from this fixed income bond investment point of view where you've been in this perch for so long? Recession is not a word that I've really worried about just yet. I mean, it's certainly down down the road. Um, the, the numbers, the job numbers itself, it seems okay, not stellar, not horrible. Um, it just feels like the markets, the, especially the corporate bond markets, the high-yield markets, there's more and more people coming into it, and they're grabbing yield, which is just a dangerous thing to do. So... As far as recession, Kathleen, no, I have not uttered those words yet, but could I down the road? Certainly. Carlos Borromemo, Carlos Borromemo, he is Chief Investment Officer at APERS, Arkansas Public Employees Retirement System, joining us from Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, Makes you realize that him and I, people like us, we talk about what's going on in the bond market. We ask a lot of questions. Boy, when you have to be the person who puts the money where the state's mouth is, that's quite a job. And, in fact, I am Kathleen Hayes along with Pim Fox, and this is Bloomberg. 
The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.